Welcome to Light Flint Radio, episode 77, recorded April 2022. I'm your host, GK, and in this episode, I am again talking to Pastor Dave. For more about Pastor Dave, you can go back to episode 76, where we discussed living in the Empire. All Light Flint Radio episodes are available for free download at our website, lightflintradio.com. That's lightflintradio.com. If you want to contact me, you can email me at gkflint at lightflintradio.com, gkflint at lightflintradio.com, or mail at lightflintradio.com, mail at lightflintradio.com. In this episode, Pastor Dave and I will be discussing five whatevers from the book of Philippians. Now that might sound unusual, but Dave shares with us what we can learn from Paul's letter to the Philippians in terms of these five whatevers. One, how to live with resolve. Two, how to live with the right perspective. Three, the benefits that come from focused thinking. Four, how to be a person of character. And five, how to find contentment. Now, if you're struggling with finding contentment in life, as many of us are, then I believe this short discussion will be helpful. Let's now go to my discussion with Pastor Dave and the five whatevers. Well, here we are again in the Light Flint Radio Tasmania studios. Actually, Dave, it's a temporary studio because I'm going to be moving to Studio B in a few weeks' time. I think you know that that's coming up. Yeah. Um, But it's good to have you back again. And I had an idea of what we were going to talk about. But since you've arrived, I think that shifted a little bit. So this is going to be a lot of fun to see how I handle it. We'll go with the flow. We'll go with the flow. Um, because I know that you're prepared, but let's say, I've got to be honest and say, I'm not prepared 100% for this, because I prepared for a totally different set of scriptures. Well, not to- that's wrong. Uh, just a total different angle on it. But anyway, let's see how we go. So what are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about whatever. Now, I don't mean that we're going to talk about anything. <laughs> we're actually going to talk about whatever. Because a few years ago, particularly when my kids were a bit younger, uh, I noticed something strange that was happening. I would say to them some things to my kids. I'd say like, hey, your room's a real mess. I need you to tidy up. And they'd look at me and they go, whatever. I'm thinking, is that a yes or a no? Or is that like, I don't want to do that? And then they might t- toddle off and do it, or they might not. And I'm thinking, I'd never spoke to my parents like that. And I thought maybe that was just a child in a bad mood. And then uh, you know, I'd go to work and there's some uh, office people that I supervised and I'd come along, there's something I needed them to do and I would put it on their desk and say, hey, would, can you do this for me? I really kind of need this done. And the girl would look up and she'd go, whatever. And I'm thinking, whatever. I would never say that to my yeah. boss when I was starting yeah. work. Or like, what is going on? And, it, and then, you know, I just noticed this a lot of the times with, with uh, my kids and then my wife had asked me to do something. Can you get up and help me with the dishes? And I'd go, whatever. I thought, I just said it. I yeah. thought, what is this whatever 
this apathetic, I don't care, I don't really want to attitude, and it just struck me that this was a real thing. So I've got that in the back of my okay. mind, GK. All right. And then I'm just doing my Bible reading sometime, and uh, I was reading through Philippians, and I come across this word, whatever. Mm. I thought, oh, that's interesting. I come mm. across it again, mm. whatever. And bow me down if I didn't come across it a number of times in this letter of Philippians, and the thing that struck me about it was it was such a contrast to all these other whatevers that my kids and people at work and even I myself was right. using. Right. It wasn't apathy. So Paul, for Paul, he wasn't writing about whatever with a sense of apathy. He was writing with a sense of conviction. He was a person of conviction. They weren't statements of indifference or contempt. They were statements of urgency that Paul had written. I thought, what a contrast between the whatever right. that's in our culture and the whatever the conviction that Paul lived with. So I'd love to talk about that. Okay, that's good. That's a good topic. Now, I knew we were going to talk about the whatever, and I wanted to tell you this. In in our family, it, it has snuck into our culture, this whatever thing, as a bit of a joke. It's sort of a joke in our household. Yeah. And So my wife and I, as a bit of a joke, you know how you said if your wife asked you to do mm-hmm. something, we go, whatever. And so we go, did you just whatever me? Or yeah. did you just whatever me? And we go, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a bit of a joke. Um, but, but if it's in a serious situation, you could see how it would be like, did you just really? Like, I yeah. wouldn't even think of doing yeah, yeah. that. When to it's somebody. a joke, I think it's fine. It's but a I, lot of fun. I think when we stop and think about it, yeah. there's an attitude, it's... often an, an apath- apathy. Yeah. Uh, kind of, if I'm allowed to say this, I stuff you. I don't yes. really want to do this, yeah. but, um, and, yeah. uh, and um, that's how I express it to you. All right. So there's just this apathy and just the contrast with what. Paul was talking about and in, in our culture Australian culture it it really has snuck in yeah it's it has. it's pretty strong yeah all right so where, where do we go what are we going to do yeah so the first of whatever I came across when I was reading through Philippians was a mm. great one in chapter 1 and verse 27 and Paul says whatever happens to me he says to the Philippians conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so right. whatever happens to him or whatever happens in life Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So this is about living with resolve. You've made a predetermined decision that whatever happens, I'm going to respond well. I'm going to conduct myself in a manner worthy of Christ. And that's really easy to say until something difficult happens to you. And so I love that idea of being a person of conviction who says, I am going to do this. I'm going to respond well to whatever mm. happens to me. And Paul did that. Paul did that in his own life. He practiced what he preached. A lot of horrible things happened to him. And the thing about it is sometimes responding well doesn't mean responding just by being happy or celebrating. Sometimes the right response is anger mm. towards an injustice mm. or grief and tears towards something horrible. Um, and Jesus wept in the face of death of his friend. So... But it's about responding well. You know, the age-old thing everyone says, you can't control what happens to you, but you can only control how you respond to it. And I think this is about being that sort of person that says, I'm going to respond well through the power that I have through Christ living in me. I'm going to be a person who responds well, whatever happens, and making that conviction. And the thing about it, GK, I think, is it's best to make that decision before the bad thing happens because it's really hard to in the middle of a chaos to say I'm going to respond right, right. you know right. what I mean? Yeah. But if you've made that conviction beforehand, say I'm going to be a person who responds well. When the chaos happens, yeah, you're a better chance of actually responding right. well. Right. So it's like preparing for it. Yeah. So you're preparing Absolutely. your mind and and you're getting set for action. Yeah. Um, 
like I was going to say, you know what you just said there, Dave, sort of struck me. Now I know everybody in in everybody in the world goes through tough times and yeah, hard yeah. times. And um, I know in our church recently, there's a lot of been a lot of um, like health issues and things yes. going on. Um, and for me personally, and we we won't talk about it here, but you know what has been happening yes. with me and my family and household yeah. lately. And um, it can be very uh, uh, crushing, can't it? Some you know life can crush you down, um, and especially if you're not prepared. Um, so I think what you're saying here makes sense, and it sort of just really hit me that we really do need to be prepared. And, you know, paraphrasing a Bible verse, set our minds for action so that we are ready yes. for when these things come. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it reminds me of, like, the, you know, when you, you, know, you see these um, soldiers in battle, right, how they practice for what's coming, yes. right? And they go through lots and lots of training, and lots of repetition for what is about to come to them. Now, some break and run, but others have that resolve and they think to themselves, no matter what happens, I'm standing my ground, right? And that's the guy you want to be in the foxhole with. So it makes us better um, fellow believers, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think when I think about this, or how can I actually respond in a manner worthy of Christ in Jesus' type of way, the best way to give yourself the best chance of responding well when a crisis comes mm-hmm. or when something tough happens yeah. is to actually live in a manner worthy of Christ every day. Right. Because then it's like your training in right. a sense. Yeah, yeah. So then yeah. it's very hard to Good. suddenly respond in a manner worthy of Christ if you don't actually live in a manner worthy right. of Christ. Right. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. responding well can mean, even though the thing is really difficult, but we can still, I believe, because of all that we have in Christ, we can respond with optimism Mm -hmm. and hope and courage and joy and peace, with strength and unity, you know, if you're in it together, with faith, not fear, with grace and forgiveness. All these things are possible even in the midst of really difficult things and always, you know, with love. That is the primary uh, way we respond to whatever happens to us. So I just love that first whatever of Paul whatever happens right conduct yourself and it's a it's a foundation stone good. for life convic- yeah. living with conviction yeah so I'm going to resolve I'm going to be yeah. that person yeah all right Dave um so I think there was some good stuff in that whatever what's our next whatever yep our next whatever is over in chapter 3 of Philippians and verse 7 and Paul says whatever Whatever were gains to me, I now consider them lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may be found in Christ. So he says, that's the long version. In the short version, he says, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. So this is a matter of perspective. The first one was living with resolve. This is living with perspective. So the things I focus on, the things that are important to me, my priorities are all centered around and oriented under Christ. Whatever whatever seems like it's really uh, a gain for me or where I get my pedigree or my self-worth from, maybe it's money, maybe it's my career, maybe it's my lovely family or whatever it is. Mm. Paul says, I consider these lost not that they're bad in themselves, but in comparison, that's right, the thing. Right. In comparison to knowing Christ, that yeah. is the ultimate thing in life, yeah. to knowing Christ. So it's yeah. not that working or having a family or having some money right. are wrong, yeah. but he says in com- compared to. Right. So this is a matter of perspective of what is the most important in life. And in right. Paul's case, he had a heritage of faith and education. He had a background. He had achievements. He had lived morally. And he says this stuff 
doesn't compare. I consider that as garbage. My reputation is garbage compared to the fact that I know Christ. So this is about living with the right perspective and priorities in our lives. And so he says, this is powerful because we live from our perspective. What we pursue in life comes from our perspective. So this is about being a person of conviction who says, I'm going to follow Jesus first. Always Jesus is the phrase I like to use. Always Jesus. The, The answer, what I focus on, it's always Jesus. So... Um, this is really important. And he goes on, he has this great running analogy. He talks about, therefore, because of my perspective, I forget what's behind me and, all, and I push on. So this keeps him going. His perspective keeps him going. It's like he's focused towards um, being who he's meant to be in the finish line. And he says, I forget what's behind and I strain towards what is ahead. I press on to the goal to win the prize. And the prize isn't just getting to heaven. He presses on mm. towards growing into Christ-like maturity and towards love and towards knowing Christ deeply. Because he says, I want to know Christ. And he presses on to take hold of the life which Jesus took hold of him for. He wants to live life to the full. So it's his perspective, though, that causes him to run that way and to live that way. So I just love that idea yeah. Yeah. of whatever yeah. we think we're trying to get self-approval from or feel that it's important to us. Yeah. Whatever they are, they might be good things, but in comparison mm. to knowing Christ right. and having his resurrection power in us, yeah. that's where we focus our perspective. Right. So good. whatever were gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ and knowing him. Right. I love that. So live with resolve, yeah. live with perspective. Right. It's good. All righty. So um, where are we going next? What's our next whatever? Yeah, well, the, this one, this third whatever has a lot of whatever's in it but this is in chapter 4 verse 8 and he says finally whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things so this is about our thinking or our focus where our mind is set and the attention our thoughts and how important that is in shaping the direction of our life right and the key idea here is that our thinking matters yeah. What we focus our minds on, what we set our minds on, what we feed our minds on matters for the future of our life. So we live with resolve, we live with perspective, and we live with focus. We focus on the right things, our thoughts, our, uh, being mindful Christians in the right sort of way. So I, I had a bit of a closer look at this particular verse, um, and um, the six whatevers that are in here, mm-hmm. whatever, mate. Yep, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um <laughs> So, you know, it's talking about, um, let's, I just want to go through them one by one. Uh, the first one, you know, whatever is true, um, that's comes from the, the Greek aletheos, right? And we've got to think about things like things that are genuine, right? So, you know, you could have, um, I don't know, the counterfeit banknotes in your hand and you've got to have the, the, the yep. genuine one and the counterfeit one. So you could look at it like that. So whatever is genuine reliable, trustworthy, and valid. Mm -hmm. So you might have a credit card that's invalid, but you might have the valid credit card. So think of it in those terms. This word true here is along those lines. Whatever is genuine, whatever is actually true. The next whatever is um, whatever is honourable. And this is the Greek word semnos. Um, And it's whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is noble, now, those things have got different meanings in this current age that we live at, live on, you know, different perspectives um, in the current, current age we live in because, you know, what people hold worthy now certainly wasn't held worthy even 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah. But 
But that's the basis of this word. So it's worthy of respect, whatever is noble, uh, honourable and reputable. So whatever is honourable, that's the basis of that word semnos, right? Uh, next one is whatever is right. So this is dikaios, is the, the Greek word for this one. And it's um, <clears throat> whatever is righteous, upright. Uh, in the New Testament, this re refers to God's proper standards and actions expressed in the covenants. And as a noun, it refers to a person in accord with God's standard, um, who stands in proper relationship with God. And I went and looked up another place that this Dikaios is used, and it's in Matthew, just to give a bit of a uh, perspective on it, in Matthew one nineteen, and it says, this is what it says, because her husband Joseph was a just, so that's, he was a Dikaios, a right man, and unwilling to disgrace her in public, he planned to release her quietly. So that's Dikaios. Um, so whatever is Dikaios, that you can think of it in those terms like that. Whatever's right, whatever's righteous. Now next, whatever in this verse is agnos. And this is in um, pure, and really it means mostly morally pure. But again, you could look at those things you say, is this, you know, pure gold or is it, you know, alloyed or whatever. Think of it, you can think of it like that. Um, it's also in terms of blameless and innocent. So whatever is an innocent type of thing, you know, you're going to be setting your mind on that. Um, mm. The next one, now this one is, this word only actually appears once in the New Testament. I like finding these because then you wonder, okay, so what was its use in, in the language at the time? Um, so this is from Prosphilus. And it means um, whatever is, to explain it, it's whatever is lovely, whatever is pleasing. Um, uh, and it's the definition can also include terms of whatever's friendly and acceptable. So I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Yeah. Right? Uh, and bear in mind, this one's a once only in the New Testament. The final one that I want to talk about is whatever is of good report or whatever is of good repute. This is the word euphemos. This is once only in the New Testament as well. Right. And it means what's well something that's well reported of or spoken in a kindly spirit, something that's reputable. So I'm going to go back and just go and read it again, and I'm going to hand it to you. So chapter 4, verse 8, Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Yep, well, you're a smarter man than me with all those Greek words. <laughs> but the important thing for me is that this is so powerful in actually mm. changing our lives, changing our thinking. Mm. Yeah, the Apostle Paul said in Romans that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And this is actually how we do it. We change what we think about. And so another little thing that's great to remember is that we need to think about what we think about. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And direct our thoughts and pay t and set the direction of our thoughts. So because our thoughts can either be healthy, unhealthy things or toxic things, and that has effect on our whole life. So I think it's important that we're mindful. He's wanting that he didn't there was no mindfulness back in Paul's yeah. day. It wasn't yeah. a term, but he's yeah. way ahead of the textbooks and yeah. the psychologists because yeah. he's encouraging these people to think about healthy thoughts and be mindful just to pay attention to their thinking and direct their thinking and it can actually change them. So three quick things. Well, actually just before that, on those those six words that you went through there, mm. 
you know, don't make the mistake that the Bible wants you just to think about worship songs and scripture and, and um, that's all you can think about. Because if open up our minds to whatever is true and lovely and good, I mean, that could be go for a walk in the, in the, um, you know, the forest or something or on the beach or it could be a beautiful bit of music or it Definitely. could be, you know, a great story, even a great, a really good, a good wholesome movie. Like right. there is, or a beautiful dinner with, with friends. Right. That, like the scope of what is good and true and beautiful to think on is mm. wide in right. God's good world. Right. You know what I mean? But three quick things before we move on. Firstly, I think we can submit our minds. In Romans 8 verse 6, Paul says, The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. I like that idea that our minds are governed either by the Spirit or by the flesh, by our own desires. So who's governing my mind? Then can I do a sub- can I actually have a mindful practice to submit my minds? Maybe I start the day by saying, or various times throughout the day, Lord, I submit my mind to you. And actually let's say, give him control of that. And then we can set our minds. Paul says this often, set your mind on things above. That doesn't mean pearly gates and golden streets. It means on kingdom values. It means on things that are good and right and justice and all sorts of things. And you can actually... You know, people who work in this area say you can actually redirect your thoughts. If you really pay attention, every 10 seconds or so, you can bring your thoughts back to a certain direction, which is pretty amazing because mm. our minds often wander and they go do, all sorts yeah. of rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. But if we practice setting our minds and prayerfully setting our minds, we can change it. And then the big one, which is what this verse is about, is feeding our minds. What do we feed our minds on? Mm. Because that's what this verse is about. He's telling them what to think about to think about what they think about, things that are great books and friends and history and creation and art and music and science and recreation, maybe a pet dog. You know, there's good things as well as scripture and right. all that sort of stuff. Sure. We can set our minds on and in doing that, we will renew our minds and we will live Jesus' way more. So I think about being a person of conviction. It's living with resolve. It's living with perspective. It's also living with focus. Focusing, say, I'm going to be someone who actually thinks about what they think about. And I'm going to set my mind on the right things and that's going to renew my mind and change my life. Well, I was going to say, um, I remember in the 80s, and it's probably still going on today, but the motivational speakers used to talk about this sort of thing. Think about what you're thinking about and avoid stinking thinking, right? That's how they used to put <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Avoid the stinking thinking. So as you're speaking there, I'm saying, yeah, um, even you know, um, people who aren't necessarily uh, believers or whatever, you know, yeah. Um, I'm not saying these guys weren't, but if, if yeah. they were or weren't, even they know that we have to change how we think about things and we've got to think about our thinking, be conscious of what you're thinking about. Oh, yeah. Well, I think this topic, this particular topic is yeah. huge in our own society, in right. our culture. Right. Mindfulness, mental right. health, well-being, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's a huge area. Yeah. And I just love the fact that the scripture yeah. 2,000 years ago <laughs> yeah. was on top of this right. stuff. right. And, you know, Paul wasn't trying, again, to be a psychologist. He was just help no. them, helping yeah. them live healthy lives right. as followers of Jesus. But even just as human beings, yeah. it's better for us yeah. to live with that conviction. I'm going to be someone who thinks about what I think about yeah. and, and focus by thinking. Right. Good. I like that one. All right. So so our next one is in the very next verse, chapter 4, verse 9. And Paul says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So this is about living with authenticity. So I'm going to be a person of authenticity or of character and integrity. And Paul, this is a remarkable statement actually because Paul is talking to these people who live in Philippi and he's saying, and they know him, he's been there. And he says, what you've heard me speak about, 
what you've learned from me, put it into practice. And even more remarkably is what you've seen in me. Because, you know, I might stand up and say to people, what I teach you, you should put into practice. But it's another thing to say to the people who hang out with me, whatever you've seen and observed in me, put that into practice because that's the right way to live, you know. And so Paul was a person who wasn't perfect, but he was a person of character and authenticity who really lived Jesus' way the best as he could. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say that is an amazing thing. It's so important to be a person of character, you know, and to be able to say that. important as parents that our kids see authenticity in us and character it's important in our world you know in political world you know such such um people just don't have any respect because our leaders often fail this character test you know they say one thing but it's not how they live themselves and paul here is saying whatever you've learned or seen or heard from me put it into practice so the conviction for us if we're going to be a person of conviction is to live with character be a person of character make that conviction you know, I'm not going to be like other people. I'm actually going to be a person of character, of integrity and honesty and um, conviction and all those sorts of things. So, you know, these whatevers I think are powerful. Live with resolve, live with perspective, live with focused thinking, live with character and authenticity. You know, this is not apathetic living. This no. is This is living no. life to the yeah. full. Yeah. Uh, and this is a big one because, and so, yeah, so Paul's saying, watch what I'm doing. Yeah. And you go and do it as well. Yeah. But he's in a position to do that. I'm not, but he, he, he was and he is. Um, I'm just being, I'm just being in general, speaking in general. Yeah. Um, he was because he, he was a, he followed Jesus. He knew, um, how to live and how to put these things into action. And he's saying, you go and do that too. Now it is a big call. It's a big call, but, but it's from a very special person. If I, yeah. if I can say yeah. that. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. having said that, I feel like. More of us should be able to say, um, I'm not perfect, but you know, if but li- I'm trying to live the mm. right way, mm. and if you follow me, you'll be okay, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, because it's a sometimes it's a cop out. We think, Oh, no, I'm no good, I'm whatever. Actually, yeah, yeah. we just been slack when we actually, if we do, do become people who live with this conviction that we're talking about, you know, actually, younger people need older. People to be examples. Yeah, that's a, big, true. a big part of you know some older people think, "What can I do in life when my active years are over?" The greatest thing people, one of the greatest things you can do as you get older, and you mightn't have official positions in church or as community mm. or whatever, mm. you can be an example, right, of a good life. Yeah, and if you're Christian, you can be an example of a Jesus life, and that is powerful because people follow examples, and people need to see what it means to live with character and authenticity. So. Becoming that person. It's a terrible thing when someone gets older, but they don't, they've never developed in character. You know what I mean? I think we all know people like that, and I don't want to be one. I want to actually, yeah. I want to say in advance, I want to keep down this journey of becoming a person of character. And Paul's calling them, Paul is a person of character. It's not a perfect person, but he's calling them to become people of character as well. Look, yeah, look, I take on board what you're saying. I'm just being careful about saying to people, follow me personally, because um, I, I've read the Bible and I know who I am and yeah. it's not pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what Paul says in other places is follow me as I follow Christ. Right, so that's, he, that's what so, I was saying. So because, he's not the, yeah. he's not saying I'm the prime example. He said yeah. I'm also following, Yes, but I'm, I've been down the journey a bit yeah. more that's and I've right. tried to put this into practice right. as best as I can and, and there's a reasonable degree of authenticity yeah. about his life. Right. 
So he can say that to people. Not every Christian should say, follow me. No. Because they're not necessarily <laughs> good examples. But he can say that. And I would like to be a person who could say the same thing. Right. And I think that's... So that's the, the conviction. And that's the goal. That's that the should goal. be our goal. I mean, all of us. Yeah. When yeah. I'm saying live yeah. with conviction, yeah. I'm saying be, uh, my conviction is I want to be a person of character. Yeah. That others can follow. Be genuine. Yeah. All right. So I think we're coming up to our final one. The final uh, topic. Yep. So, where are we going to with this one? Yeah, so Paul says at the end of his letter to the Philippians, he's actually thanking them for some gifts they sent him, some money to support him, because okay. he, was, he was actually in jail when he wrote, and he was having a tough time. And he says, thank you for it, I appreciate it, and it was really helpful, but if you, even if you hadn't sent it, I would have been okay, because he said, I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Ah. So this is about living with contentment, right. and not having your contentment based on whether you've got lots of stuff or whether you don't have much stuff, right. but finding okay. a sense of contentment that's okay. not based on your circumstances. So this is about living with contentment, whatever your circumstances. And he says he has learned to be content, which is interesting that you can learn it, okay? And he's learned it through having, sometimes he's had not much, mm-hmm. and sometimes he's had more than enough. Okay. And he's learned that the, the, what he has isn't the key to contentment. And then he, because he says a famous verse, if any of your listeners out there know this verse, it often gets misquoted. He says, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And what he's talking about, he's saying, I can live with nothing much or I can live with more than I need. It's not, I'm not dependent on what I have. And sometimes that verse, this is a pet hate of mine, gets pulled out. You'll just see it somewhere. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me as if it's like a Superman verse. And I can do anything because Jesus will help me. (laughs) <laughs> but in context, Paul's saying, I can actually live with nothing yeah. if I have to. Yeah, It's not about conquering the world or being a rich man. It's right. actually about being content. Yeah, And so he's saying, I'm not dependent on that. And so the conviction here is that I'm going to be someone who's content. And I love that he says, I've learned. That means that you can actually, if you don't feel content at the moment, you can learn to learn be content. It. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Um, through Christ. And yeah. part of how he learns that is by being grateful he's grateful for their gift and um, so as as we practice gratitude you know i've read some stuff in mm-hmm. psychology um today magazine when i was preparing for this that psychologists one of their strategies to help people live uh, with contentment is actually to list the things they're grateful for I and mean, it's just a lot of studies have shown that gratitude mm-hmm. Being a grateful person for mm. what you do have, not mm. for what you wish you had, but yeah. what you actually have, yeah. brings a sense of contentment. Right. Again, this is modern research confirming yeah. Christian right. Right. And <laughs> truth. That, with that attitude, um, you also avoid the going down the road where you could end up being a bitter person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because if you never have enough, you're never happy and you're jealous right. of other people and all that sort of stuff. And, and that's... Very damaging place to be. Yep. Um, and it's very hard for you to pull out of that tailspin if you're in that, you know, because, well, I think everyone has ex- experienced a little bit of bitterness in their life. But yes, absolutely. we've known people who are just a bitter person and you can't even have a positive angle on anything and discussion with them because everything's negative. Yes. You, you can say, well, you know, it's a lovely day and they'll say to you, oh, yes, but. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you don't want to be that person because it's damaging, really damaging to yourself yeah. and hard to pull out of. Yeah, that's right. So I think, yeah, yeah. so being a person who's grateful, yeah. um, being a person who's generous yourself. Right. Actually, ironically, yes. if you hold hold on to your own yeah. things too tightly, oh, yeah. you don't actually find contentment. Yeah. But when, as you start to 
share and be generous and yeah. hold your own things loosely, you find that you're actually yeah. um, more content yourself. And that shouldn't be a surprise because Jesus actually says yeah. more blessed to give than receive. So it's actually yeah. counterintuitive that yeah. actually getting giving away and yeah. being a generous person actually yeah. fills you with contentment. Yeah. So, and, and that could be more than money because people absolutely usually, yeah people usually think of money first. Yeah. And again, in in our modern um, society, our modern culture, m- money is almost everything. Yeah. Right, it's very important to every yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, we all need it, yeah. and we all need it. Yeah, but this isn't just about being generous with your money. But it's a good place to start. But it's generous with your time. Yeah, and who you're generous with your time with. Like it's one thing to be generous with your time with people that you like and yeah and and who are um, easy, <laughs> well easy to get along with or yeah. someone who's popular, right? Yeah. It's easy to be, but if you would want to spend your time with somebody who is not popular, yeah, um, and is not easy to get along with, that's when y- your generosity is really going to show. So it's not just about money, although. Money is a very big thing, especially today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if you stop and just think a sim- ask yourself a simple question, well, what actually does bring me contentment in mm. life? And if mm. I answer that myself, and I think most of your listeners, would, if they're honest, would come up with the same sorts of answers. Mm. Well, my family. Right. My, my good friends. When I, when I sit around with a meal with a couple, some good friends. Yeah. For me, when I go to church and I worship and I feel a connection with God and with my church family having sense of purpose, walking on the beach. I live right. near the beach. Right. These are all things that don't cost me a thing. No. And I don't have to have a lot of money to... to yeah. And they're the actual yeah. things. If you have those things in your life, you're actually rich. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we contentment can be learned and we can be rich in a sense. So this... Let me just recap these five whatevers. Living with resolve. Whatever happens, I'm going to conduct myself in a manner worthy of the gospel. So I'm going to live that way so that when the crisis comes, I'm going to respond well. That's my conviction. I'm going to respond well. I'm going to live with perspective. I'm going to keep that what's most important at my top priority. Whatever gains to me, whatever credentials I might have, I consider them rubbish in comparison. Not rubbish in themselves, but in comparison to knowing Christ. Whatever is true, noble, honest, all that stuff, I'm, I'm going to yeah. live with the conviction. I'm going to focus my thinking. I'm going to think about what I think about. I'm mm. going to be a focused thinker. Mm. I'm going to live a be a person of character. Yeah, that people could say whatever they've seen in me, mostly, <laughs> they could put into practice. I'm, I'm going to live with that, and I'm going to live, be generous and grateful, and live with contentment. These are my five convictions that I pulled out of Philippians that yeah. I think yeah. are really powerful in anyone's life who would genuinely seek to um, apply them to their lives. And it's so different to that apathetic, I don't give a stuff, right. whatever. Whatever attitude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we don't want to live like that. We no. want to live with purpose and yeah. perspective and meaning. So yeah. I encourage your listeners to just think through those five whatevers and become those people who live with conviction. Brilliant way to wrap it up. Dave, I appreciate your time coming to my no trouble. studio. And um, when I get to my new studio, I'm bigger and better. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to have you back again. Love to. All right, thanks for your time. Cheers. I walk the straight and narrow.